Welcome to Finding Christ in Crisis, the podcast with Jordan and Connie Parker, founders of Claire Parker Foundation. Uh, we took a one-week vacation, eight, eight episodes in, decided to take a one-week vacation. Um, it was partly planned, partly not, um, partly unplanned, uh, but uh, we just decided to take a week. Last week was Claire's birthday, so um, we had a lot going on, a lot going on. Would you agree with that? Yeah, we had the the launch of Claire House and yeah. it's first it's it's demo day. Yeah, so you guys have heard us talking about um, a new project that we were going to be launching as an initiative of our foundation, and um, we have been in the process of hashing this out for about a year, maybe a year and a half almost, and um, the God God has just finally brought it all to fruition. Um, so many times through this process, Connie has told me, uh, no, this isn't happening. Um, I'm no, no, I never said, no, it's not happening. I said, I don't know. You didn't feel very confident in this. I, I, it's not that I wasn't confident. I just like to be confident in the Lord. And I wasn't sure he was present with you on this when you kept asking for confirmation from me. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. He, he's there. He's he's back in it. I can, I can see that now. Yeah. So a little bit about Claire House. If you don't follow us um, on Facebook, one, you need to do so. Two, um, if you are a person who listens to our podcast, you need to go to our website, claireparkerfoundation.org, and you need to go down to the subscribe and put in your email so you can get weekly updates about the podcast, but also um, everything else that we're doing. But Claire House um, was birthed out of the idea of we wanted to do something that was sustainable for our foundation. Right. We wanted to generate income that was not dependent upon people's generosity or a fundraiser. Exactly. Exactly. And whatever we try to do, we try to do it to um, the best of our ability. We want it to be pristine and great and everything. And so um, we started having conversations with a local church that had been gifted a property and the property would be considered a blighted property. Um, that'd probably be a pretty good term to put it. <laughs> um, it was in that bad of shape. And we came to an agreement and we now have the house. It's actually only two streets down from where our foundation is. Yeah. It's and so close. we're going to renovate this house and we're going to renovate it really fast. And the house will be on the market by December the 11th. That'll be the day that the open house happens. It'll be on the market that day. We want this house to have the same mark of excellence that our programs do that we offer to the hospitals. We want it to have the same feel and quality that uh, Claire Parker Foundation does. Yeah. So with the house, it was just kind of amazing how it all happened because we've been in conversations with the church about this property since December. Actually, we started conversations with them last year, but the pro the, the true actual movement of the conversations didn't start till December. Um, they heated up and intensified around April. And then in, in July, we realized that something was going to happen. And my impatient side of me wanted it to happen immediately. And it's amazing how God just kind of drug this out to where our launch day and everything we did coincided with Claire's eighth birthday. Right. And we've been trying to, it took us a while to celebrate her birthday again. Yeah. Um, and then once we were able to celebrate her birthday privately, because at first her birthday would roll around and to be honest, 
it was kind of like I would just tuck my head down for the day and hold my breath and wait for the day to go away because I just really didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. And then, uh, like I said, we were able to celebrate privately, talk about it, remember her well. And then last year, um, I had enough strength and energy to say to the public, it's Claire's birthday and to do something to remember her. And last year we did a blood drive. And so this year was the launch of Claire House, which is restoring a home for a family while raising funds to support kids with cancer. All And all this began, you know, with the life that God created in our, our first child. Yeah. So it was, it was a really beautiful way, in my opinion, to celebrate her eighth birthday. Yeah. So we're going to be restoring a home. And oh, we're going to be. So, and you know yeah. what I just realized? What's that? The number eight. The number eight signifies a new beginning because seven is completion. So it's the one start over. That's right. Isn't that perfect eighth birthday, the new beginning to a new fundraiser? Yeah. An awesome one. Yeah. I love and, it. And the idea of, I love how you put it about restoring the house. Um, it, it's restoring it so someone can live in it. Now, someone's going to be buying this house. That's where <laughs> the money comes in. It's not like we're. You know, this is not a situation. Well, I said raise money for the foundation. Yeah, but you said you cancer. said we're gonna be restoring this house for a family. No, no, no. Guys, we're not giving this away. We need money to do our work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're not restoring this house for a family in that way. We're restoring this house so we can have a bidding war to see is who wants to who wants to put that's down right. the it goes top to the dollar. highest bidder. Yeah, that's right. It's gonna be beautiful. It's gonna be beautiful. Absolutely. But when you talk about um the restoration. Uh, of this house and it's taking a blighted property. It's taking something that is completely worn and broken. Um, and we are going to basically be tearing it down and building it back up. And I think about the restoring power of Jesus and what that looks like. And so one of the things that this kind of led us to in this discussion was the harvest. You know, we're actually entering that season. It's actually beautiful outside right now. we it's um, we have our windows open. It's late at night, and the cool breeze is coming in, and harvest time is coming up. And I think about everything that's going on right now. Right. I mean, the world is crazy. Right. But the harvest is really, really ripe. Absolutely. And so, when you're going through, it gets me a little bit giddy to be yeah, honest. When you're going through an absolute crisis, you know, in your life. What does it look like for the harvest to be ripe? And if you're listening to this or anybody in the world, the harvest is ripe right now. I mean, that's that's what that's the way we have to look at it because the world is in a crisis. If you haven't looked around lately, the world is burning. Okay, guys, everything is going south in a lot of ways. Um, everybody is upset with each other over all types of different things, and you know, how do we look to Jesus in this and see, and, I, and I've seen both sides of this, but I, I've seen a lot of people, this is my argument with that. I've seen a lot of people go, well, you know, God is causing coronavirus to bring us back to that. I, I don't agree with that. I don't think it's biblical. Um, I think that this is a natural consequence of sin in our world. Obviously, um, sin has led to this and, and what this has brought. Um, sin has led to the fear that this has brought. Um we're not going to get into all the ins and outs of uh, of how we feel about what's going on in the world today, but a lot of this is a lot of this is manufactured by our own sin and our own fear. And so, 
Um, but the harvest is there. The harvest is there. And that's the important thing that regardless of our feelings on any of this, the harvest is there. And how do we respond to that? Well, let me just say, I think the harvest has always been there. Yes. I think right now um, people have just been pushed to a point it's not like a why anymore. Like, oh, we're just going to like gently move forward and you can go left or you can go right. Take your time. It feels like life has pushed everyone to a T. It's like stop, choose. Um, this amount of pressure generally makes people decide, are, am, am I going to keep going with the world? Am I going to keep going with this chaos? Am I involving myself in this? Or am I going to stop, take a right and get on the right path? Um, in Luke... Um, 10, it's uh, Jesus is sending out uh, his 72. He sent them out two by two ahead of him. And he said to the towns and places he was going to go. And he told them, the harvest is plentiful, is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I'm sending you out like lambs among the wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. So here is Jesus saying a long time ago, still applicable today, that's scripture for you. There are tons of people who need to be reaped for the kingdom, that need the gospel, and they need to be harvested for the kingdom of God. Uh, the problem is not the people who are ready to hear the gospel. The problem is in the people who are willing to proclaim the gospel. It's in the worker, not in the harvest. Um, and so God is... is oh, that's, this, I like that. Right. Yeah. Maybe finally. Right, we just don't have enough workers. Finally, we're going to put some accountability on the actual people who claim Christ. Right. I actually, so this past week, a friend of a friend of mine and I, we did a virtual evangelism event, and David Platt cha really challenged me and said that if we were not supernaturally compelled to share the gospel, then he would challenge to sh to say that maybe we were not living the life. Um, and then another guy said that if your faith hasn't changed you, then your faith hasn't saved you. I mean, the, the whole thing just set me on fire. But um, yeah, the people who need the gospel and are ready for it, it's not the problem. It's definitely our willingness just to be bold and, and tell people about him. Yeah. And I think that goes back to one of the big excuses that we see in the world today. And I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, as an educator and what I do as an administrator in the school system, one of the things that we deal with when we deal with a lot of broken homes, different families and stuff, we're so quick to say, well, you know, it's just so much going on. It's just so much brokenness. It's just so hard to fix, but we, we can't place, we can't place to blame. Yes. I'm not, I'm not trying to do that. I mean, yes, the parents are fully responsible for that. They fully are, but it doesn't, that doesn't negate the fact that we, that we as, as Christians need to exemplify Jesus and everything and do everything we can to bring these people closer to Christ. That's what we need to be doing. But you, you, you have to do more than just live it. You have yeah. to do more than just look like it. Yeah. I was uh, reading a book about this concept and uh, the author was talking about how we build these big, beautiful barns. He said, it's like this farmer who builds this big, beautiful barn and has this big, beautiful storeroom. And he's standing at the door going, looking at the cornfield going, why isn't the corn coming into the barn? I have this beautiful place. For it. Why isn't it coming? And so he hangs a light, puts a carpet, and he just goes on and on with all these different things that we do to make the gospel look more attractive. Da, da, and the corn doesn't come. Why? Very simply because you didn't go out and get it. But you got to go out and talk to the corn too. And you got to, you got to, 
you know, speak to it and like you know what they did that they what are you talking about i don't know where i went oh okay let me tell you so a, a little girl in my school she did an example for her science project about bullying a plant versus talking sweet to a plant and the oh, plant an experiment yeah and the plant that she bullied did not grow as good as the one that she talked to oh yeah how she spoke to it she talked junk to it and things yeah, well scripture says you have to speak with grace and truth yeah but anyways i don't know where i was going love with and that. kindness i don't know no you but, gotta go out and get busy you gotta go out into it yeah you do you do and i think that's um as you said you know we're, we've been so focused for so long on building our own institutions and building our own kingdoms here on earth and we're seeing that now we've seen a lot of kingdom building um that's been going on specifically in america specifically in america there's a lot of kingdom building um you know but then on top of that kingdom building we're seeing a lot of personal building like you know not, not only are we building our own kingdom as like a church like we're building our own like entity as an organization but like personal kingdoms are being built but we're seeing right now that some of those are being torn down absolutely and that might be a good thing maybe one of the best things that we're seeing um mm -hmm. from the church is happening so as we're going through a lot of this and we're dealing with the um the harvest in matthew 7 13 it says enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it so as you were talking today about how we don't have enough workers for the harvest because the harvest is plentiful. I think one of the problems is, is that there's a lot of harvest out there that doesn't know they're the harvest. They think they're the farmers. Right. And they're the people that we need to go out and harvest as well. I mean, right. I, I mean, I've told you over and over and over I again. I like to call that soaking someone's fire when you got somebody who knows the lord then maybe they're just not actively discipling or sharing the gospel no i'm going back further than that i'm saying mm. people who are in i'm saying people that are in the church are living in the bible but don't know the lord who have not mm. tasted the goodness that's what i mean by that well you know in second uh timothy it talks about the godlessness in the last days and it says, but mark this, there will be terrible times the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And here's the real kicker. So you're reading that, you're going, oh yeah, I've seen plenty of that. It doesn't apply to me. There's a little hyphen and it says, but having a form of godliness, but denying its power have nothing to do with them. So there are people who are lovers of pleasure and unholy and disobedient and proud and lovers of themselves and lovers of money, but they they're wearing a form of godliness that might be some of those people who are on that that pew like you're saying that are part of the harvest that no don't i think know it. i think that we're at a um we're at a stepping i mean i've told you before and i say this in my i say this in our house church often and i'd say this to people that i work with often and that if we're around which i mean obviously you and i won't be around i know by listening to this podcast um is around 200 years from now if they go back and the lord has not come and taken us yet mm -hmm. history will look back and they will see that bible belt christianity 
was one of the most failed experiments of the church ever, ever. And I think that that is what we are seeing today. And so when I talk about the, a lot of institutions are being torn down because of coronavirus and that might not necessarily be a bad thing. No, I I think it's got a lot of positive in it. I think the devil's behind it, but I think the Lord is, Use it for his good. Yeah. So how are we going to act? How are we going to act as, as believers? How are we going to respond to this crisis? Are we going to walk away in fear? Are we going to complain about the situation that is going on in the world and that we are being oppressed um, as far as government goes, as for not letting us worship in churches? Or are we going to say, you know what, we're going to do something different. We're going to change our mindset. We're going to change our approach and we're going to, we're going to worship God on our terms. Everything's getting shaken up yeah. and the imperishables is what will be left standing. So uh, just hold on, get on that solid rock. Yeah. One of the things that Connie and I have seen in, in the house church that we attend is that we have seen this great harvest of young people, people, you know, I, I talked to my, I talked to my cousin a lot. Um, she's in her mid twenties and, and she told me, she said that her generation is not interested and any gospel that's not authentic, like they're they're just not interested in that because I think they they grew up in that. Well, who's interested that, in a hypocrite? Well, I, I know, but I, I feel like they grew they grew up in that same church institution of the Bible Belt Christianity, and then and it's a little bit of a it's a little bit of a oh, I don't know how to say it. it's a veil that not a veil that's not the correct term, but they're I don't know they their vision of church has changed so much. I would say to the better in a lot of ways that they want to have true authentic relationships with Jesus, which we is a requirement. You know, that's what it means to be a Christ filled, uh, Christ filled believer, not a Christian, big difference, Christ filled, big difference. And then also they want to have authentic relationships with the believers around them. Mm-hmm. And so we have seen a cultural shift in our own church that there are swaths of young people out there that are looking for direction. They're hungry. They're hungry for something. And what has this virus done for us? What has all this unrest in our nation done for us? It's taken away. Distraction. I mean, it, I mean, well, it has. It's been a distraction, but it's also taken away a lot of the things that young young people gravitate towards. All the teenagers and stuff, they don't have anything to gravitate towards. So Distractions. W- why are we as a church not pursuing that and bringing these people in and saying, look, there is something that is so much greater. There is a love that is so much greater. Why are we not acting on this and bringing them in? I don't know because it gets me all fired up. It gets me excited. And I just can't wait to see how God moves in all these new things. You know, Traditional church is struggling right now to function as normal. And so why not use this as a time to get creative? When you step out of the box and you do something different, doors open, you become more aware, create new patterns. You know, if if you're getting frustrated and you don't feel like you're able to fellowship and you don't feel like your spirit is fed because it says that we need to worship in spirit and in truth, then do something different. Get you know? busy, yeah, yeah. Shawshank Redemption. Get busy living or get busy dying. I just don't know why people feel so trapped into what they have always done, but now it doesn't work. Okay. Well, there go there go the cops. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you were in a car and the car broke down, 
Would you sit in that car? No, you might would get out and walk down the road. I mean, you you would get creative and try something else. You wouldn't let yourself be paralyzed by what's going on in the world. And I think when you get out, something just feels very powerful right now. With all the pressure on you, those who are ready are ready. And uh, chapter 10 in Luke says to pray to the Lord of the harvest to send more workers. So if you are a worker and you're out there sowing seed, reaping, spreading the gospel, Ask the Lord to send more workers. Um, I heard one guy say that every day at 10.02, because this is Luke chapter 10, verse 2, every day, 10.02 on the clock, he prays for the Lord to send workers for the harvest twice a day. Well, and that's, that's good. a reminder. Well, I yeah, picked that up too. Numbers go. That's good. That's good. That's good. Well, you know, and that goes back to our Claire House thing. And that fact that, I mean, we saw this coming back in back in March. I mean, if you were a nonprofit out there that has a lot of overhead, which we don't because Connie and I don't get paid. But if you're a nonprofit out there that had a lot of has a lot of overhead, you were sweating bullets. Yeah. I mean, there I mean, it's just the number one way that nonprofits raise money is through mass gatherings. True. That's what they do. I mean, whether that's a gala or a another type of auction style event or a 5k run. I mean, there's all types of varieties of things they do, but the, the majority of them, they're bringing people together because people want to come together for a common cause. That's what they're doing now. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we have lost that and we've also lost being brought together through Christ. I would encourage you as believers to not let that happen, to do whatever you can in your power to not let that happen and make sure that you are still being brought together for the common cause of Christ. But I told our board back in, back in May that this was coming and that this was happening with Claire house and the finances weren't great. Things were looking a little bit bleak with our foundation, but I told them like, I, we do not want to be in a situation where we are dying a slow death where we know the end is coming and we can't stop it. I would rather put all my cards on the table and say, look, we're going for it so that we can do something great here and, and think, how are we going to pivot? And we've been successful right now with that. Cause that's what we're praying that that Claire house is going to be for our foundation, that we're going to pivot in a new direction to raise money. That creativity, I would, that creativity that's the same thing <laughs> that believers need to be doing today. You, need to get you, need to be, you got, you have to pivot. You have to pivot and think, okay, well I can't get in mass gatherings as a church, well, that just tells you that you need to pivot to one-on-one -on -one mentoring relationships. Is there a book that you would recommend that is a good read if you're like struggling with the current system and like how to think around and get out in a new box? <laughs> well, I've, uh, you know, obviously you're like definitely throwing me a softball question up there. But if you have not, I would obviously recommend Letters to the Church by Francis Chan. Um, I would, would have definitely, to second that recommendation. It would yeah, and then the next one I would recommend is The 10 Dumbest Things Christians Do by uh, Mark Atterbury. And that's a really good book as well. I like the first one better. They're both good. They're both, it, the first one's more positive. They're both good reads. Well, it's I'm, like more of a solution read. It's, like, a, it's like recalibrating your thought process. No, the other one's good too. The other one goes too. It talks about stop slinging mud on the bride of Christ. I think that's a really good one. That's right. what we do sometimes in the church. Okay. That's, that's just my thought process on that. So as we close um, today um, and as we um, transition, a couple of things, a couple of reminders. 
if you have questions about anything as far as, you know, how would you deal with this? What does it look like in this situation? Um, email us, connie.parker at claireparkerfoundation.org. Don't email me. Um, I'll lose it or, you know, I, I won't keep up with it or I'll forget to tell Connie until five minutes before the podcast. And that's frustrating. Her. Just, 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 uh, just send it to me. Yeah. Send it to Connie. And the other thing is, is that we would like to invite all listeners, our house, the Parkers, we are going to be having a worship night. Um, our house church is the uh, group that will be hosting it, but it will be at our house that night. And Alyssa Prilliman, the fantastic voice of Alyssa Prilliman and her uh, crew of uh, band members are going to be coming out here and playing some awesome worship music. You will not have to listen to me talk a whole lot. I mm-hmm. talk for maybe five minutes twice with some prayer. And the beauty of it is that we're going to be out there in our backyard under the bistro lights with hot coffee, dessert, a fire, and some beautiful oak trees surrounding you while we listen to music, but most importantly, praise God. So we would like to invite all of you come out here and you know, it's outside so we can socially distance as much as you want or as the least amount you want. It's your call. Right. Um, guys, I just want to leave you with one word of encouragement. Um, I know things can look kind of dark right now and it feels like lots of lights, lots of lights in this world are going out, but the light of Christ is eternal. And if you are a follower of Jesus, then you have that light inside of you. And I encourage you to put that light on a hill and not under a bowl. That's right. That's right. How we respond to crisis is always Christ. And that's the name of this podcast is Christ. And be a lighthouse for other people. We can't can't be afraid. We can't be afraid of the gospel and what it says. We can't be afraid of who we are as Christians. And um, more importantly, we can't be afraid to love others in, in the name of Jesus. That's the most important thing that we have to do because, you know, one of my favorite songs, I've probably said this before, Elevation Worship has a song that says, you know, you're the reason you're the reason we came to encounter your love. That that's the reason we're here. You're the reason we came to encounter your love. God is the reason that we're here to encounter his love and then to share that love with others. So um, have a great week out there. And remember September 26th, Saturday night, our house, I think it's like seven o'clock or something. Yeah, it's at seven. It's at seven. So yeah, look to see you there. Check out our Facebook page, Claire Parker Foundation. What's it called? We gather. Yeah, we gather. We gather. Yeah, it's all the If you can't find on Facebook, email us. Yeah. We'll hook you up. Absolutely. Have a great week. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, make sure that you subscribe on Spotify. Follow us on Uh, Instagram, and also on Facebook. Claire Parker Foundation is our handle. Make sure that you share this, like it, comment, give us reviews. That way more people will hear about the podcast. Right, Connie? Absolutely. Thanks.